This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Sir David the Huntsman, whose words are, you make me quiver. Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Butt Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into chapter 35, I'm sorry, 36 of, wow, let's start over. That's, what am I doing? Do I have the wrong doc open? No, 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 sorry, you're right. It is 35, that's 36. Episode 30, this is chapter 36, episode 36, chapter 35, got it. Okay, here we go. Let's do it again. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we're into chapter 35, um, Eddard uh, 9 of A Game of Thrones. And in A World of Ice and Fire, we are discussing the Iron Islands. Woo, 35, yeah. man. That seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Actually, some some books, that would be it. You know, you're, you're, you're nearing the end, right? But, yeah, uh, we're... Yeah. We are not. We still have quite no. a ways to go. We still have quite a ways to go in A Game of Thrones and then uh, the other books, some which haven't come out yet, but some which are coming out soon, and we're going to talk about uh, about some of that here in a bit. But uh, yeah. first, Sir Ezra, how are you doing today, man? <clears throat> well, guys, if you, uh, I actually think I'm getting a cold, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And you know... you did. You, you did some traveling. I did some traveling, and, and I also think I think I, you went. Is is it the veil? Is that what you would call the, the area of the yeah. United States, the Northeast? I and did. It's kind of like our. It's kind of like the veil. Uh, yeah, Canada's really like the north. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I was over in the veil. I I went for a conference over there, and um, <clears throat> I think I may have picked up something. I might just be sick all week. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those yeah. weeks you hey, get man, back. You, and, hey man, you got especially those brothels in the veil. You really got to be careful because it's easy to pick something up. Exactly. Okay? Right. So yeah. that's that's where I've been all week and uh, exhausted. I was exhausted while I was there, exhausted getting back. And uh, I thought I'd have more time. You know, I was like, oh, cool, I'll have some time to kind of do some stuff. Heck no, man. Like, it was like 12, hour, 12 to 14-hour days of just, like, listening, note-taking, networking, just absolutely, you know, crazy stuff. And, you know, basically it made me realize that uh, I want to quit my job. You know, I want to quit my job yeah, hey, and I want to just, hey, you know, hey, me too. Gosh, okay. <laughs> can't we just podcast full time? You know, like what the heck, man? Hey, that, hey, that, that's the goal, man. That's that's the idea. Uh, maybe you know, maybe maybe someday, but uh, yeah. Anyway, hey, man, man I, hey, I, I'm right there with you, man. I've been recording for whew, all my other projects. Like I recorded, jeez, uh, last Monday, recorded. Uh, Friday night, last night, doing this t- this morning, recording mm-hmm. tomorrow. Uh, yeah, just uh, getting it's it going. It's a lot. Crank, crank, cranking it up. So yeah, yeah. Then I'm gonna go have some dinner later tonight. And got a lot to do tomorrow. So just busy, busy, busy. But yeah, uh, something cool to bring up here. Sent to us by Sir Fluffhead of Gamehenge, yep. or formerly known as Brown Ben Zaza. <laughs> um, the uh, table of contents for Fire and Blood 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And this... first of all, let me just say, did you look at the picture? Yeah, I did. Another one of those pictures that's going to be, yeah. I wow. Mean, I, I, I just have one thing to say. Yeah. Visenya Targaryen, what's up? I know, man. Everybody's, you know, it's like <laughs> the way they make her sound, it's like Visenya's not. No. I mean, take another look at Visenya. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. I mean, look at Aegon sitting on that on that throne just, you know. Mm-hmm. He's like, uh, hey, hey, things are great. Right, got that crown. He's got his. his, uh, I've got, I've got, I've got my two sister wives. You know, yeah, I'm good to go. So, right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, so anyway, all right. So we're gonna. So we may actually spend a little bit of time here. Um. So we're actually, I think, gonna consider this kind of as our raven this week because there's a lot to break down. Yeah. Yep. And it was actually a raven. So thank you, uh, for sending that to us. So I'm just going to go through the chapter titles here. Um, the Reign of the Dragon, The Wars of King Aegon I, Three Heads of the Dragon, The Government of King Aegon I, The Sons of the Dragon, which I'm going to presume is mm-hmm. the same novella. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to presume it's just that, yep. that part. Yeah. Um, Aegon's Conquest, A Prince Becomes King, The Rise of Jaehaerys I, 49 AC, the year of three brides, rulers abound, time of probation, the renewal of the empire, birth, death, and betrayal under King Jaehaerys I, Jaehaerys and Alison, triumphs and tragedies, Jaehaerys and Alison, politics, offspring, and anguish, the heirs of the dragon, a question of succession, the Deaths of the Dragons, The Blacks and the Greens, The Deaths of the Dragons, Sun After Sun, mm. The Death of the Dragons, uh, The Red and the Golden Dragon, The Death of the Dragons, Renera uh, Triumphs, The Death of the Dragon, Renera's Fall, The Death of the Dragon, The Short Sad Reign of Aegon Third, Aftermath, The Hour of the Wolf, under the Regents, the Hand Under the Hood. Under the Regents, War and Peace and Livestock Markets. Under the Regents, the Voyage of Alan Oakenfist. The Lyseni uh, Spring and the End of the Regency. The Succession of House Targaryen of Westeros. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <clears throat> Quite a bit I'm there. like interested in all of these chapters. I know, me too. I actually maybe they, they may even expand on Sons of the Dragon, which we'd already previously um covered in in, in, a, in a, one of our Patreon Black Councils, yeah. which is one of the novellas. Um and so yeah, I mean I'm interested, man, all of it. And you know which one are, which so after hearing those titles, which one are you most interested in, Sir Ezra? Um <clears throat> well, quite honestly, I was looking at how many of these headings had to do with Jaharis. You know, and yeah. so there's so many. If you look at there's, let um, me count the chapters: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven or eight chapters about him. And then you mm-hmm. get into um, the succession is him passing it on to his grandson. Uh, and they, mm-hmm. you look at the queen who was passed over, and the I think it's the oh, it's the great um, the council of of 101. Right, and yep. so that's sort of the situation where they set up. You know, uh, that it's going to. The, the crown will be passed egg, down egg to on, egg on egg on the second right yeah. down to a male heir, and so very interesting there. But I I, I just thought there's you know because he's the old king right who lives for so many right. years. Um, there's definitely a story and to there's tell nothing there. of him in World of Ice and Fire like it's it's a, such a short chapter right exactly and there and he he lives for such a long time and does so many things that I think that was and you know, obviously it's intentional because look at how many look how much he has here 
for mm-hmm. Jaharis. I think he really wants to right. kind of which is awesome. Yeah. And then dance and then man, the death of the dragons, which is gonna be the dance of the dragons stuff. Yeah. I mean there's I mean look how many chapters that is. I mean really you've got that's really gonna start in the airs of the dragons. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. you know, six chapters, and then you go into the death of the dragons, which is Aegon the third. So after Dance of the Dragons. Um and then wow, the one right after that just screams out to me. Aftermath, the hour of the wolf. Yep. Absolutely. Where, uh, where? What's his name? Oh God, uh, not Craig and Stark, but um, I think it is. Is it Craig and Stark? No, Craig and Stark is the is the king who did who did not kneel, uh, isn't it? Y- uh, well, now you got me thinking here. I don't know. Oh gosh, we'll have to look him up here. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull him up. But we had talked about that in World of Ice and Fire, a, you know, a couple a couple weeks back. Um, you know, that's where the Stark. We're gonna. I'm gonna pull him up here. Comes down and basically serves as hand of the king for like a day. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well. Yeah. And he does all. You no. Know, it is. It is. It is Craig and Stark. Yeah, that's what I thought. Is, yeah. 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 And so they have uh, basically this big. You know. Um, well, he passes judgment. You know, he kind of. Uh, you know, I mean, kills a few people, sends some people to the wall, etc. Be nice to get a little more in- yeah. information on that. I think uh, I'm with you on that. The the Sons of the Dragon is probably going to be almost verbatim what we what we got, but what I can't right. imagine is you've got the death of the dragons and they've broken it down in this di- in, a, in a different way, um, you know, kind of leading into. This is where the novellas will kind of uh, be be right. neat if they, they weren't incorporated. Remember we did the um, oh gosh, Prince uh, uh, Aemon. Yeah, yeah, Prince. Uh, no, no, we not. It wasn't Prince Aemon. It was. Um... It was oh god black uh, oh god how am I missing how am I missing his name Darren no no uh, Jesus I don't know Prince Damon. he has the same Damon Damon it's Damon Targaryen oh is, okay is Damon Targaryen and then Damon Blackfire you know later is all, they're almost like the same character like the same thing happens to him Damon Targaryen is the is the rogue prince. The rogue prince. Okay. Right, right. And then you have and then you have the princess and the queen, which are those two um almost dance with the dragons novellas. Yeah, and I'm kind of with you. I don't think that it's really going to be pull I mean, I think we'll have some stuff. It's going to be pulling from that, but I don't think it's going to be like Sons of the Dragon, where I think Sons of the Dragon is straight verbatim word for word just that 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 novella. Gotcha. Yeah. Wait, wait. Say that one more time. You think what's going to happen? So so I think that the Sons of the Dragon chapter is going to be just straight from that that book. I think it's going to be that exact thing. I don't think it's going to be. I think it's word for word. It's just going to be the Sons of the Dragon. But I'm thinking that the Dance with the Dragons chapters here, these seven chapters, I don't think it's going to be like word for word pulling from the Rogue Prince and um, Princess and the Queen. Yeah, okay. I, that's I what I was I, trying to get I to is that. Not. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that the Rogue Prince is going to be probably left out of this? It's going to be its mm-hmm. own type of thing because it does focus on. You're right, Damon Targaryen and right. uh, his his brother, the uh, Viserys, and his daughter, and right. all that good stuff with Rhaenyra. Um, we'll still get all those characters, but I, I, it won't be from that perspective, from Prince right. Prince Damon's perspective. And even like you said, right. the um, when they get into the Dance of the Dragon, that novella, it's sort of it's got to be different, you know what I mean? It's got to mm-hmm. be more storytelling, or I wonder which if it'll take a side or if it'll be, you know, I, just because there are two sides there. It's like, is it from someone's perspective or is it going to be more 
historical? You know, like is, is he going to switch writing styles? Because if he does do something like the Sons of the Dragon, you know, then you're still getting um, different uh, dialogue between the characters, and you're getting more right. You know, character building. I guess I don't know. So right. No, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm just looking at all these. Uh, let's just maybe just go through them here a little bit. So you have Reign of the Dragon, the Wars of King Aegon the First. So I think that's going to be pretty similar to what we kind of get in World of Ice and Fire. Um, it'll be a little more detailed, but that's just kind of, you know, we know we know some of the battles. Like Aegon's conquest in World of Ice and Fire is pretty detailed. Um, so I think that's going to be pretty similar to that. Three Heads of the Dragon, the government of King Aegon. So that will be kind of new because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we just get a little bit about his rule. And, like, kind of, we, you know, we know he established you know some laws and all those kinds of things. We get some of that in World of Ice and Fire. But I think that will be bigger. Um, and then it goes to Aegon's conquest. So I, I, I th- like because he his initial war is to just kind of take over um, King's the King's Landing area, right? So Aegon's conquest actually could be pretty similar to what happens in World of Ice and Fire. Um, but then it seems like it it, it jumps. Uh, we have Sons of the Dragon, um, Aegon's conquest. The prince becomes king. The rise well, of Jaehaerys the first. That seems out of order. Okay, well, so what I'm thinking is, unless you, and if this is an order from what you've put in here, right? I, it may not be. I just, I, 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 it was found. I found uh, it was sent to us. I found it online. Um, yeah, right. maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're writing it in a weird way or something. I don't know. Well, what what it could be is that, like the title uh, Aegon's Conquest, could be his his uh, attempted conquest of Dorne. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. Like yeah, full yeah, conquest. You, yeah. you know. Uh, w- right. versus the early wars because then yeah he right. establishes a government he travels around i think what you'll see in that second chapter mm-hmm. if it, if this is correct heads of the dragon uh the government of king aegon the first i think as you said he's traveling from kingdom to kingdom but what you'll get is mm-hmm. you'll get the different um oh you'll get house gardener right or you'll get mm-hmm. um well actually no because he defeated he defeated house gardener and then the um what you right. call the the tyrells hopped up there right. so anyways you'll get more of those family houses and you'll get to see some of maybe their um you know just some neat i don't know different areas maybe there'll yeah. be, be different keeps that we'll actually go explore mm-hmm. and things like that too which would be kind of fun so that'll be neat but yeah, yeah. then i think sons of the dragon as you said uh and then aegon's conquest is when he loses his sister rainies yep. you know so mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. that might be what's happening there yeah, so then we have a prince becomes king, the rise of Jaharis the first. That's going to be great. All of these Jaharis chapters are going to be great because clearly he's a great king, and so much happens to the realm. Um, yeah. Uh, then you have forty nine AC, the year of three brides. Rulers abound. Uh, time of probation, the renewal of the empire. Uh, birth, right. death, and betrayal under King Jaharis the first. That one I feel like is going to be really good. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, and then um, Jaehaerys the First and Allison triumph and tragedies. So somewhere in here, and then this this one after it, um, politics, offspring, and anguish. I think is where we'll get that segment we got where they're going north, where Allison goes north to the Wall. That 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 little little preview. I think it'll be in one of those two chapters. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, then the the heirs of the dragon, a question of succession. So this is. Again, where that that uh, dance of the dragons gets ready to start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you have the blacks and the greens, um, which actually gets the blacks and the greens actually takes place like 
before the Dance of the Dragons. Um, like, you know, before you could actually say the Dance of the Dragons officially starts. Um, yep. The Blacks and the Greens, you kind of get those two factions. So then you have Sun After Sun, the Red and the Golden Dragon. Uh, Rhaenyra triumphs, Rhaenyra's fall. The short, sad reign of Aegon the Third, too. I mean, that's going to be another good chapter. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, Hour mm-hmm. of the Wolf. Yeah, it's, it's six days. I just pulled it up here. So six days, Craig and Stark goes down and serves as Hand, hand of the King. Um, <laughs> and that, yeah, which is going to be great, actually, because he's a boss, right? Like, yeah. just from the little the little bit we get in, in World of Ice and Fire, he just seems like an absolute boss. Yeah. Well, hey, I got uh, a quick, quick question for you. So, like, yeah. what do you think... Like like in the hour of the wolf, are they going to do anything? Like, w- will there be any uh, surprises? You know what I mean. So some things that you're like, like we've been thinking Probably. about history in this certain way, and here's the things. And like, right. it's very much the maesters have led us to believe in a world of ice and fire um, that that events went this way, right? But then from mm-hmm. like what perspective? Who's writing fire and blood? You know, is it another maester? Is it is it from a Targaryen perspective? Um, mm-hmm. what's going on? What records are they looking at there? Because I'm I'm guessing it's going to be as you said. That they're writing this. They have to be writing this. Maybe volume one is done from a maester who lived during this first half it of is. the Targaryens. You know, no, it is because Gur said. Remember, um, around Comic Con, the succession of House Targaryen of Westeros, we got a, um, there was a uh, a family tree. And the family yeah. tree has, um, oh god, uh, like an Ares Targaryen, right? The first Ares Targaryen who was actually kind of a boss, okay. and, uh, and and he is listed as prince. Remember, because he's the one that gets looked. He's the one that was would have been the best king, but there's like the two people in, in front of him. Yep. Um, yeah, Baylor, uh, Baylor the Blessed, and uh, Darren the Good, and then they both die, and he's like hand to both of them. Yeah. Um, but he so he is listed as prince because at the time this was written, he would not have been king yet. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the, I remember in that in that in that family tree, we talked about, a uh, you know, several, maybe like a, a couple months ago or something when it came out. Um, That some of the people who are just kind of listed as like unidentified are going to be like identified right if you go to like the wiki and stuff like that we just know they had several children we don't really know what happened yeah. to them gotcha. so yeah and so Gur is gonna ex- we're gonna we're gonna get a little more explanation as to what happened to some of those those kids i mean i'm sure a lot of them are just gonna be like died in childbirth or maybe lived to like four or something but you know it's still just it's starting to expand the world which actually yeah. which brings us to, which brings us to our next ones one i think i'm actually kind of interested in is uh, war and peace and livestock markets because i know yeah. it sounds totally it sounds totally boring but it sound it's actually kind of a huge chapter i'm just presuming yeah. because we're now going to get a little bit of like how economy works in the world right and i think that's cool that's like that's that's great for world building well it seems like it's kind of that day-to-day day in and day out um style that we might have with duncan egg you know you can't yeah, get exactly yeah trading and and, and whatnot so mm-hmm. Oh, and that's under the regents, which is, remember, you know, we had all those issues with, um, oh, after the dance, you had all those various regents who were helping, you know, Aegon the Younger, you know, rule and stuff. And so uh, later on, you know, they actually, you know, when you look at this, they they don't want a bunch of regents, you know, because the regents were kind of in power for 
a long time doing different things, doing their own. Th- there was a lot of uh, plotting against each other, a lot of turmoil. So, you know, that's going to be neat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Aegon had the Regency Council of Aegon the Third. It's like Jane Aaron, Royce Karen, uh, Torin Manderley, Manfred Mooton, um, Grandmaster Munkin, Cor- Corliss Valerian, Roland Westerling. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of these of these people. Yep. Who who he or yeah or you know the regents for him. So yeah, yeah. So that'll be kind of neat to get more. Uh, you know, see the political kind of backstabbing or maneuvering. You know, they, that's taken on there in uh, King's Landing um, mm-hmm. with a young king. So yeah, yeah. And then you've okay. got the Lycene Spring and the end of the Regency. I don't really the the Lycene the Lycene Spring. I don't. What spring. is that? Trying to remember. Um, I've heard it. I've heard it before. Yeah, it's just I, I I I'm actually wondering if we covered it because it's I'm I'm not remembering here what it is. Uh so it's not clear. Hmm. A popular uprising by a certain family. Yeah, I don't really know here. Well, I, well, that's one of those things where I guess we'll just we'll have to figure out once we uh, get the yeah. text. Okay. You know. Yeah. So. So okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we can uh, we can go from there, and so you know we'll have more here in about a month. Um, I do, man. I'm just now I'm looking at our our document here, and I'm looking at that that picture again, and uh, the artwork that we so so far we have we have a couple pieces of artwork, and it all looks super cool. I feel yeah. like. Of so. Yeah, looks really good excited so okay um all right well should we go ahead and talk a little bit about the iron islands yeah and by a little bit you mean a little bit right i mean <laughs> yeah we're both kind of like uh, the... it's not uh not as interesting as as one would uh you know right i don't know I just, they just don't interest me i guess you know they don't they don't they i know they they i'm the the gray joys have always been characters that i i'm um just not i'm not particularly interested in but uh, i mean there's we'll, we'll, we'll we're still going to pick out some of the cool stuff from here and uh, go from there so all right the yeah. iron islands were the first men truly first most scholars believe they were uh before their coming it is thought westeros belonged to giants the children of the forest and the beast of the fields but on the iron islands the priests of the drowned god tell a different tale according to their faith the ironborn are a race apart from the common r- run of mankind we did not come to these holy islands from godless lands across the sea the priest uh sauron salt tongue once said hold on mm-hmm. priest sauron okay <laughs> yeah okay girl you're really letting <laughs> yeah, some of your right. lord of the rings uh come on influence okay. there you go good yeah all right, right. If there's a if we start getting to, we start talking about one ring, you know. Oh okay. God, look out! <laughs> uh, all right, we came from beneath those seas, from the watery halls of the drowned god, who made us in his likeness and gave us, uh, and gave to us dominion over all the waters of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you know, as we had talked about way, way back in the day, you know, it's 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 believed that 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 salt the salt chair, right, the Iron Islands kind of seat. Uh, was found like when the first the first men show up there they they, they kind of found it so right and it actually goes on to say too somewhere that you know maybe you just read this but the that the giants and the children really were not um, didn't really touch it didn't yeah. touch it that they weren't they didn't inhabit it which makes you think there must have been something there that would keep mm-hmm. them away from it you know 
I, I just mm-hmm. unless they're just not you know seafaring folk and they they didn't have a way to get over there, which could have been the right. case. So yeah, yeah, right here it talks about a little more. The throne of the Greyjoy is carved into. Uh, oh, hold on. Archmaester Herrick once uh, advanced the interesting notion that the ancestors of the Ironborn came from some unknown land west of the Sunset Sea, citing the legend of the Seastone Chair. The throne of the Greyjoys, carved into the shape of a kraken from a oily black stone, was said to have been found by the first men when they first came to Old Wick. That's you can go way back. That's like first chapter of World of Ice and Fire. Right. Herrig argued that the chair was a product of the first inhabitants of the island, and only the later histories of maesters and septums alike began to claim that they were, in fact, descendant of the first men. But the this is the purest speculation, and in the end, Herrig himself dismissed the idea, and so must we. Oh, so must we, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just you just have to believe it, okay? Right. Uh, that's crazy. <clears throat> yeah, then it kind of goes on to talk about um, the Drowned God a little bit, and the Ironborn and how the Ironborn have always kind of done their own thing. We've talked about that before when Aegon's conquest, right? And they're, you know, they tried to kind of instill the seven over there and it just didn't work. Um, right. Well, I mean, uh, so real quick, going back to the old gods and you, you just brought up the seven, right. but the old gods, you know, the werewolves wouldn't grow there. So they had sort mm-hmm. of no power, you know, they, uh, they couldn't see over on those islands to see what was happening, which I think is, is kind of neat because of the soil and because of the salt and, the conditions right. there, the weirwood trees couldn't could not grow. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <clears throat> this I this I, I I found interesting here. Um, though most Ironborn have not but scorn for the seven of the south and the old gods of the north, they do recognize a second deity. Mm-hmm. In their theology, the drowned god is opposed by the storm god. Uh, you know, a a malignant uh, deity who dwells in the sky and hates men and all their works. He sends cruel winds, uh, lashing rains, and the thunder and lightning that break, uh, bespeak his endless wrath. Wow. So that that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Is that is that, you know, you have um, – that's just kind of what you have here. Then this is also interesting is that there's seven islands, you know, like mm-hmm. Old Wick, Great Wick, Pike, Harlaw, uh, Salt Cliff, Black Tide, and uh, Ork, uh, Orkmont, which is just <laughs> interesting, right? They have – Maybe, you know, they have seven islands. Maybe the seven do have some kind of power there. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. Um, but it's just interesting, right? That they, that, so you have, you know, it's kind of like you have the old gods, which are their own thing, the seven, which is their kind of own thing. And then yep. you have um, the great other and R'hllor, right? which we, we kind of assume, like, we kind of think about the great other almost as an old god, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the case. Right. Yep. Uh Right, you know, it could just, it, and so it's just interesting that all these gods do at least have some sort of opposition, or they have, you know, there's aspects of them. Like yeah, they, they don't like. There's not just a religion where they believe so far that they just believe in one thing. So, right, yeah, exactly, yeah, it, th- yeah. That is neat that they have the their their counter is the storm, you know, god. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Makes sense. One thing that I thought was interesting is. You had this guy um, back in the day. It looks like the the Ironborn used to fight amongst themselves quite a bit. You know, like they mm-hmm. were fighting, and eventually they had a priest. I think his name's Galen Whitestaff, and uh, who decreed that it was sinful for Ironborn to make war upon other Ironborn. And so once they kind of u- like got united under that, that's when I think that raiding as a group sort of took place. Does that make sense? It's sort of like. 
from there they right. were, you know and eventually they have a you know they've got king's moot and, and and you know other things to where they're trying to get their first king um says in the age of heroes though that they were ruled by uh, what was the name of that king the gray king is that what it mm-hmm. was yeah hold on a second here in the let me just, let me just get this right so first we have sauron now we have a white staff and then we got a great i yeah are we are we sure we're in the right books? The well, books here's the other thing. You've also okay. got so <laughs> like mean, like King's Moot and then Int Moot are both things you know that are related right. too, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, we we Gur is and obviously and he has said on record he's a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So <laughs> that's funny. Maybe that's maybe that's why he kind of did that with the, with the, with the Ironborn since he they really get like the least. I mean, Dorne almost in some cases has more attention than than the Ironborn do. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yep. Right. So, um, yeah. So the, it, it talks to us a little bit more about kind of like the the lands, uh, just like just some of the things, just some things I have pulled out here that I, I always thought were kind of interesting. The soil of the Iron Islands is thin and stony, more suitable for grazing of goats than the raising of crops. The Ironborn would surely suffer famine every winter, but for the endless bounty of the sea and the uh, fisher folk who reap it. So, you know, the, their lands are are not really set up for them to be anything other than raiders, I would say, because they can't, you know, they can't grow cro- crops. Like I don't really, you know, if I were, that's probably why they rebel so often mm-hmm. is because it's, it's, they have it the hardest. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I just read something here too, that I didn't realize is that you had mentioned those seven islands. And I guess, you know, when we were talking about Galen Whitestaff. He basically, uh, each Island had their own King. You know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. They had a, the Rock King, the Salt King, and so on. And then, you know, eventually that was they put that aside, and and they they united under the Driftwood King. You know, mm-hmm. which is cool. So I don't know. I just noticed, and also the the bit about King's Moot that I was talking about there for a little bit is that the idea is that just because um, a Greyjoy dies doesn't mean another Greyjoy is going to take his or her place. Right. So right. that's why you've got the Moot. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, the, uh, the, yeah. So, uh, something else here. Um, Archmaester Herrig has argued that it was the need for wood that first set the Ironborn on their their bloody path of right, of like reaping and stuff. Um, in the dawn of days, there were extensive forests on Great Wick, Harlaw, and uh, Orkmont. But the shipwrights of the Isles had such a need for um, like for wood that um, they you know just depleted their forests. So that's how they. So, so the Ironborn had no choice but to turn on the vast forests of the Greenlands, the mainlands of Westeros. Mm-hmm. So that's like it was like it was wood is really what caused them to, you know, need need to start reaping because they they can't uh, can't produce it themselves. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, Interesting. Did you read anything yeah. about this? Um, you know, how we had during Aegon's conquest, uh, the Greyjoys are not really in power. Mentioned. Yeah, it's right. it's actually um, House Whore, right? So it was it was kind of their dynasty that had that had taken over, and, the, and a lot of the priests during that time saw them as false kings and false rulers. Right. So right. you know, I thought that was kind of neat because they just the way in which they almost I don't know if they invade or how I don't know how they really ascended uh, to be you know in control of um, the iron the Iron Islands, but. It happens, and the Greyjoys are not really around. Because I always thought that was interesting that they weren't there. I'm like, well, when did their dynasty start? You know, when did it take off? What, what, 
you know, were they involved beforehand and then afterwards or what, you know, whatever. So um, that's an interesting right. one to kind of look at and, and see how they were, how he came to power, you know, because you, you've got eventually his, um, Heron's grandson, King Heron the Black, uh, is the one who ordered the construction of Heron Hall. And so that's actually done under, uh, you know, Heron Hall was, was at one point an extension of the Iron Islands and that, that kingdom, if you will, which is crazy to think right. about because they had raided so far inland that they, you know, were over by the God's Eye. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about... I'm looking here. The the Driftwood Crowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, I think this is kind of cool, just the different how they have, like, their own crown, right? It's it's not gold. It's, yeah. you know, it's it's Driftwood is, is what they choose. Um, in the Age of Heroes, the legends say the Ironborn who rule... Uh, were ruled by a mighty monarch, simply known as the Great King, which you know I kind of kind of mentioned there. Um, his hair, his, his beard, and eyes were as gray as the winter sea, and from those he took his name. The crown he wore was made of driftwood, so all who knelt before him might know that his kingship came from the sea and the drowned god who dwells beneath it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the age of that age of hero stuff will be really neat. You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. I yeah, kinda... and, and and what about this? The Great King also taught men to weave nets and sail and sails and carved the first longship from the a hard pale wood of Yig, a demon tree who fed on human flesh. What? Yeah, that's weird because is it a black tree? Is it kind of dark and black? I I I don't know. That's all it really says. Because it would be like or is right uh, right. It says. Um, the deeds attributed to the Great King by the priests and singers of the Iron Islands are many and marvelous. It was the Great King who brought uh, fire to the earth by taunting the storm god until he lashed down with a thunderbolt, setting a tree ablaze. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I just wonder about that that tree because it's like uh, mm-hmm. you know our, our, the werewoods also uh, take right. human sacrifices and things you know and consume yeah. blood. I know. It, maybe that's white. what it is, and they're and they're just calling it a demon tree. Yeah. Maybe that's how it was written down. Yeah. Um, the Grey King's greatest feat, however, was the slaying of Naga, largest of the sea dragons, a beast so colossal that she was said to feed on leviathans and giant krakens and drown whole islands in her wrath. The Grey King built a mighty long haul about her bones, using her, uh, her ribs as beams and rafters. From there, he ruled the Iron Islands for... A thousand years yep. until his very skin had turned as gray uh, as his hair and beard. Only then did he cast aside his driftwood crown and walk into the sea, descending to the drowned god's watery halls to take his rightful place as its right hand. Dude, isn't that so cool that, like, you know, that, you know, he, like, just the fact that you go from, like, pretty straightforward facts to, like, and he ruled for a thousand years. You know, right. it's like, what do you believe, you know? Like, did he actually, or was it a bunch of his descendants, and then finally one, you know, was crazy and walked, and they turned this into some story or legend, you know? It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really cool. Well, then, so then, it, so then it goes a little bit to explain more after that. It says, the petrified bones of some gigantic sea creature do indeed stand on Naga's Hill on Old Wick, but whether they are the actual bones of a sea dragon remains open to dispute. Uh, the ribs are huge, but uh, nowhere near large enough to have belonged to a dragon capable of feasting on leviathans and krakens. In truth, the very existence of sea dragons has been called into question by some. If such monsters do exist, they must surely dwell in the deepest, darkest reaches of the Sunset Sea, for none have been seen in the, uh, uh, you know, 
in the world for thousands of years. Hmm. I almost wonder if that's like a whale. They're talking about like a big whale. Maybe. Know? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So, awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, so all super interesting. So, um, okay. So I thought uh, maybe we could just go ahead and uh, kind of skip over to um, kind of like the the houses. Okay. Yeah. So um, each 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 chapter uh, as we get as we get into these has just tells us uh, just some of the names of the bigger houses. Um, so you have House Greyjoy. Uh, was it Grey? Is it? Gray Iron, Good Brother, Wench, Botley, Drum, Harlaw, Whore, and uh, Black Tide, and these are these are names we don't really hear hear a lot of, in, right? In, in the books, at least you know, I mean, like, like Harlaw, Whore, um, are some that should sound familiar. You should have heard those every once in a while, but these other ones, Gray Iron, Good Brother, and like Botley, Black Tide, are just are not names, not names you hear often, mm-hmm. if, if at all, that I can remember. Yeah, just during the King's Moot, like there's, you know, when everybody gets together, there's kind of like a a bit of a call. But I don't even remember some of the names associated with, mm-hmm. with, with those people. But I know that they are mentioned, you know, and um, Asha kind of is, um, you know, hooking up with some other guy who she's right. into who, yeah, has money and stuff. I can't remember if he's from the Iron, Iron Islands or not, but yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. not, not a lot of well-known houses there, but... You know, is yeah. what it is. Um, okay, so what about? Um, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about about Balon about Balon Greyjoy and the rebellion because it actually gives us a little bit of how Robert Baratheon defeated him. So, uh, in 289 AC, Lord Balon struck, declaring himself the king of the Iron Islands and dispatching his brothers Euron and Victor and Victorian to Lannisport to burn the Lannister fleet. The she the sea. Shall be my moat, he declared, as Lord Tywin's ships went up in flames, and woe to any man who dares cross it. King Robert dared. Mm-hmm. Robert Baratheon, the first of his name, had won, uh, had won everlasting glory on the trident. Swift to respond, the young king called his banners and sent his brother Stannis, Lord of Dragonstone, around Dorne with a royal fleet. Warships from Old Town and the Arbor and the Reach joined their strength to his. Balon Greyjoy sent his own brother Victorian to meet them. But in the Straits of Fair Isle, Lord Stannis lured the Ironborn into a trap and smashed the Iron Fleet. Now, isn't that funny? Yep. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that quite quite ironic? Oh, yeah. Um, with Balin's moat now undefended, King Robert had no difficulty bringing his host across Iron Man's Bay from Seaguard and Lannisport with the with his Wardens of the West and North beside him. Robert uh, forced landings on Pike, Great Wick, Harlaw, and Oakmont and cut his way across the aisles with steel and fire. Balon was forced to fall back to his stronghold at Pike, but when Robert brought down uh, his curtain wall and sent his knights storming through the breach, all resistance collapsed. The reborn kingdom of the Iron Islands had lasted less than a year, yet when Balon Greyjoy was brought before King Robert in chains, the Iron Man remained defiant. You may take my head, he told the king, but you cannot name me traitor. No Greyjoy ever swore an oath to a Baratheon. Robert Baratheon, ever merciful, is said to have laughed at that, for he liked the spirit of uh, mm-hmm. in the man, even in his foes. Swear one now, he replied, or lose that stubborn head of yours. And so Balon Greyjoy bent his knee. Yep. Uh, yeah. And uh, was allowed to live after giving up his last surviving son as a hostage to his loyalty. 
I mean, he's got a point. You know, he did, he did not swear to a Baratheon. So it's true. You know, and it's like they took over, and he's like, "Hey, I don't know about this guy." You know, mm-hmm. what happened to the Targaryens? And this, and this is interesting too. Maybe this is this this is a little idea of um, Theon here. You may dress an Iron Man in silks and velvets, teach him to read and write and give him books, instruct him in the chivalry and courtesy of the mysteries of the faith, writes Archmaester Herrig. But when you look into his eyes, the sea will still be there, cold and gray and cruel. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's the one character. I don't know. In the show or the books. I mean, the books, he may die, but um, Theon. I, right. It's the one guy I'm like, I have, I have no idea where what's what's going to happen with Theon. Yeah, it's strange. I, I mean, his his story is uh, is one that like, well, even um, Asha, his sister. Right. You know, it's like mm-hmm. what's going to become of those folks? And, th- and it's, right. it's I could actually see them maybe playing a bigger role, you know, uh, like a surprisingly right. big role just because of the Ironborn have always been kind of mistreated and haven't really had their. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of mm-hmm. success, you know. So, I don't know. Yeah. So, okay. Um, and then the last little bit here is Pike, just t- kind of talking about the castle a little bit. Um, Pike is neither the largest nor the grandest castle on the Iron Islands, but it may well be the oldest. And it is from there that the lords of House Greyjoy rule the Ironborn. It has been long. It has long been their contention that the Isle of Pike takes its name from the castle. The small folk of the islands insist the opposite is true. Pike is so ancient that no one can say with certainty when it was built. No name, uh, nor name the lord who built it. Like the Seastone Chair, its origins are lost in mystery. Mm. Once centuries ago, Pike was, as other castles, built upon a solid stone on a cliff overlooking the sea with a wall to keep and keeps and towers. But the cliffs it rested upon were not as solid as they seemed, and beneath the endless pounding of the waves, they began to crumble. Walls fell, the grounds gave way, other... Outer buildings were lost. What remains of Pike today is a complex uh, is a complex of towers and keeps scattered across half a dozen um, smaller islands and sea stacks above the booming waves. A section of the curtain wall with a great with a gate a great gatehouse uh, and defensive towers stretches across uh, the headland. The only access to the castle is all that remains of the original fortress. A stone bridge from the headland leads to the first and largest um, islets uh, and great keep of pipe. Beyond that, there's just rope bridges that connect everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, what if what if um what if the Iron Islands by the end of this don't exist? <laughs> I mean maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, and then maybe we get something where Theon's like, or you know, Theon's like, the seas are our castle, or something. Oh, like, a, <laughs> like, 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 like maybe moment. they, like, he finds a way to reunite. Actually, like, bring back maybe a power. Right, maybe, yeah, right, yeah. I may, I don't know. Like, I don't like that's something we kind of think is going to be untouched. Like, is you know, talking more show here um, with the Night King. Like, is mm-hmm. that is the Night King going to head up the Iron Islands? You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Because I still, I just don't, I don't, I don't know what Theon's. I, I feel like there, there has to be some resolution with Theon and Euron. If it's just Theon kills Euron, that's going to be kind of disappointing. But yeah, it is. I don't know, man. It's that. That's one story. That's one thread that's really always had me just baffled, and I've never. Right. I like your idea. Even in the, I, even in the books, I'm like. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I still have no, yeah. I have no flipping clue. I mean, he's scared out of his mind. He's a completely 
changed person, how does he come back from being Reek? You know, like, right. what is it that he's going to have to do? I mean, he's starting to make some some moves, and he gets encouraged by Jane Poole. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's not – he's still got a, lot, a long ways to go, so – yeah. So, all right. Well, next week we will be talking the Westerlands, and it is pretty cool. I've I've, I've skimmed through this chapter already. Um, Your brother will Lannisters. be happy we're talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, he will be. He will. He will be quite happy. He's a, he's a bit. He's a Lannister, tr- a purist. Mm-hmm. I say. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh man. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's go ahead and move on over to the reread. Um, last week we were in. Catelyn six where um, her party had finally reached the bloody gate and safely at her, at her sister's request. Catelyn had made uh, the dangerous night ascent to the Eyrie to meet Liza her, and her sickly son and the nipple. Yep. Um, so this, <laughs> this week, there we it are, is uh, back, back to the nip. Uh, this week we are in Eddard nine, but last time we were in Eddard, which was just two chapters ago, um, he and Robert uh, were our, arguing over a plot to kill Daenerys Targaryen when the small council also had sided against him. Ned resigned in protest and prepared to turn to Winterfell until Littlefinger had arrived with some news that he had identified the brothel that Jon Arryn and Stannis Baratheon had visited. So this week, uh, Eddard 9, Littlefinger uh, leads Ned to the brothel that Jon Arryn visited. There he talks to a young whore with a daughter that had took... uh, that has the look of King Robert. As they mm-hmm. are returning to the Red Keep, Ned's party is ambushed by Jamie Lannister and about 20 of his men. In retribution for the abduction of his brother, Jamie has Ned escorted and killed. Ned's leg is broken during the fight and he loses consciousness. Um, I kind of have this broken down into two parts because this is kind of a shorter chapter. Um, the brothel and a Lannister always yeah. repays their debts. That's right. Dude, I... I... 20 Dragon says that Littlefinger knew about that brothel location well ahead of time. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah, and I'm, not, I'm, not ta- I'm not taking that bet because right. I, I 100% agree. Yeah. I think he knew. And I think he, he knew where it was at and he waited until, you know, um, Jamie Lannister was, was pissed, you know, or something happened. Or maybe he heard about it and he said, "Oh, now's a good time to go drop that nugget and and like we we have I have to I have to drop something so that Ned will stay in King's Landing a little bit longer because he knows that Jamie's coming to you know." Oh, absolutely. Pay his debt. Absolutely. So yeah, that's uh, just my two my two cents on 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 that. Um, okay, so into the brothel, right? I mean, mm-hmm. why not? Right? It's it's a good place to go, good place to venture. Robert Baratheon's there often. And uh, that's basically uh, yeah. what we what we learn, you know. Um, so let's see. He found Littlefinger in the brothel's common room, uh, chatting uh, with a tall, elegant woman who wore a feathered gown over skin as black as ink. Um, and then he so by the hearth, um, Hayward and uh, Buxton uh, Winch were playing at um, playing at forfeits. From the looks of it. He had lost his belt, his cloak. Oh, <laughs> right, yeah. They're 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 little strip tees, little uh, strip yeah. poker, you know. Pretty much, yeah. Right. Well, the girl had been forced to unbutton her shirt to the waist. Jory Cassell stood behind a rain-streaked window with a uh, with, with a smile on his face. <laughs> this is a great little scene. These guys are, you know, I mean, Jory's been allowed to go kind of find these brothels and figure out what's going on. You yeah. know. 
I'm sure Jory's finding a lot in these brothels. Yeah, I'm, he's learning a lot. He's he's figuring out. He's he's got to know the ins and outs. You know how are yeah. you supposed to figure mm-hmm. out what's going on here? You know where these these other bastards may be. Um, yeah. So, anyways, actually, I don't know. Jory doesn't strike me as the kind of person who would who who would really partake in a lot of things. No, but it's it's like he's you know he's it's. I mean, hard not to look, hard not to kind of like, you know. Hey, I mean, sometimes, and you can't go dress in the king's clothes. You got to go undercover, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah you got to go. On, when you're at the brothels, you got to go undercover. So, right. you know. Yeah. Uh, so are these his, these are his guardsmen, right? Is it, is it Hayward? Is that. Uh, I think so. Yeah, he, I think he's, so, yeah. He's the one gambling, right? So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, and then the jury's kind of watching the window there. And so anyways, it's, um, you know, it's it's an awkward spot for. Ned to be in, and uh, he d- he doesn't really know what to do, right? So there's this there's this bit here where he says, uh, "So Littlefinger took his time saying his farewells. He kissed the black woman's hands, whispered some joke that made her laugh aloud, uh, and then he sauntered over to uh, to Ned. Um, Your business," he said lightly. Or Roberts, they say the hands dream, the the they say the hand right. dreams, and the king's the king's dreams. Uh, speak with the king's voice and rule with the king's sword. Does that also mean you fuck with the king's Lord Baelish? He interrupts. Wow, right. Sir Ezra, this is a PG show. Hey, okay. I'm sorry. It's what it could, says. If you could, I swear. I, mean, I just swear. Like, it, just like HBO, it is PG. So it, It's I mean. PG. But that's what he Ooh. says. Do you also yeah. mean to the king's whatever? Uh, right. and, and he says, you presume too much. I am not... Uh, ungrateful for your for for your help. Uh, it might have taken us years to find the brothel without you. That does not mean I intend to endure your mockery. And I'm yeah, no longer. I like that. That's yeah. that's one of my favorite Ned uh, Edard Stark moments. Right. Where he just shuts. He just shuts a little. He's like basically just like. He's still like courteous about it, but he's just like you need to right. shut up. Right. I'm not going like, to. I'm not going to with this. He, yeah. Yeah. So so he kind of shuts him down there and and says it's it's time for. You know, let's get to business, um, mm-hmm. whatever that business may be. But, uh, yeah, so. And there's a more just a nice little description here. Do they come at nighttime, I think, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Black sky. Yeah, in the, show, in the show, it's like in the middle of the day. But in, right. in the but in the books, it's at night. Yeah. Yeah, which makes more sense. Um, and also, he's he's in a hurry, you know, to leave. Right. So, right. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so he heads down. He's kind of looking around, um, just at the different uh, maid, the well maids, maids. <laughs> he's looking mm-hmm. at the uh, the different whores and and whatnot. And um, Jory says, you know, w- will you be going back to the castle now, my lord? Ned nodded and swung into the saddle. So d- did I miss the part where they actually? Hold on a second. Where's the girl? He went down to see her. Did he not actually? Oh, it's Miss Zon down here a little ways, isn't it? Um, says we'd be heading back to the castle, and he nodded. He swung into the saddle. Littlefinger mounted up beside him, and uh, Jory and the others followed. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's uh, Littlefinger is kind of explaining their um, the brothel and you know where they're going. So he tells Ned that he's considering buying the brothel because the brothel makes um, much makes a sounder investment than than ships, and so he's right. You know, talking about just. Um, the money involved, you know, with brothels, mm-hmm. and he's master of coin, right? right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So bas- basically, what happens is like the way this is told is that they're finishing up at the brothel, and then as Ned is as Ned is riding back, he's he's like thinking of it. 
Yeah, uh, right. So that's yeah. what I was trying to so, figure yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's confusing. It's confusing. I was when I was doing my notes and I went back and I was like, wait, wait, wait. they talked to the girl and it's yeah, it's so it's actually like it's like in the middle of the chapter because mm-hmm. this is this is like okay, we're t- it's time for us to leave and so it's just the way it's told. Yep, and the, and, they're, and they're heading back. So, um, so yeah, as as they ride back towards the as you said the the Red Keep, he's remembering the night um, his sister uh, Leanna was betrothed to Robert. That's tough. Uh-huh. You know, thinking about and I think he I think there's a quote in here where it talks about how this is the part where she says, you know, he that she knew he wouldn't keep to one bed. Right. Yeah. So that's, you know, having that type of foresight way back then. I mean, he's got we just read about Maya Stone and and that's one of Robert's bastards as well. So it's um, which was known to Liana at the time, actually. So from a, for, uh-huh. from when they were betrothed, you know, she knew that he already had. A bastard daughter. So there's that. Um, okay, but anyways, it's raining, it's dark out, and they're kind of moving along here. So, uh, oh, this is the quote from Liana. She says, um, "She, you know, lo- love is sweet, dearest Ned, but it cannot change a man's heart." And that's sort of the one of the things that she she's commenting on Robert Baratheon, you know. And and right, so as, right. as you said, he's a lot of this is him re- reminiscing about that. So. Uh, Ned goes on here. The girl had been so young that uh, he had not dared to ask her age. No doubt uh, she'd been a virgin, but the better brothels could always find a virgin if the purse was fat enough. She had light red hair and a powdering of freckles across the bridge of her nose. And that's important just because, you know, he's going to later look at the different um, right. phenotypes, right? He's looking at the characteristics. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right. Hair color, freckles, you know, eye color, all that good stuff. So, and when she slipped free a breast to give her nipple to the babe, it's back. I mean, is this just a, is, it's just a common I'm re- theme. I'm just <laughs> reading. You know, it's just, I'm just, <laughs> uh, he saw that her bosom was freckled as well. Um, and then she, this is the girl again that Robert hooked up with. Uh, she said that she named her Bara, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so she, she looks, she looks so like him. Does she not, my lord? Uh, she has his nose and his hair. She does. Eddard, uh, you know, kind of says there, it had, and if, uh, he's touching this this black silk hair. Um, Robert's firstborn had the same fine hair. He seemed to recall. So again, thinking back to, you know, uh, to Maya there. Uh, tell him that uh, when you see him, my lord, as it is, as it please you, tell him how beautiful she is. Ned says that he will. Um, you know, he promises that that he's going to go back, and uh, he's not. And he makes a promise again. I mean, right. he does lie quite a bit, doesn't he? Oh, Eddard right. Stark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more we yeah, get into yeah, this, you know. I yeah. mean, hey, I mean, he he's got to keep these promises, and he comes, right. you know. He, I don't know, man. For for being a guy who's supposed to be like, uh, you know, that honest, you know, um, what what's 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 the word? Honorable. Yeah, and 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 then he's he's you know he's. Got to keep all these different promises and and kind of uh, I don't know. It seems like a facade. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. So, so Ezra, you heard it here first. Sir Ezra is is challenging the honor. Well, look what it says. I mean, it says you know he says <laughs> he says I will. Ned had Ned uh, had promised her that was his curse. Robert would uh, swear undying love and forget them before evenfall. But Ned Stark kept his vows. He thought of the promises he'd made Lyanna as she lay dying and the price he'd paid to keep them. You know, yeah. so... <clears throat> oh, I know. That's that's a that's a huge line that a lot of people dissect for a lot of various theories. Right. So, to uh, me, it's like, does he have to keep these promises because, 
or I'm sorry, does he tell other lies to keep promises? You know what I'm saying? To keep his word mm-hmm. is, 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 yeah. is what I'm kind of getting to. It seems like it. it seems like he's had to um, do things outside of his nature to keep his vows. So, yeah. So he will. He will return. And he will tell Robert uh, just that. So. But. Uh, uh, OK, let's see what else we have here. What is her name? The actual girl's name is it? Is it? How do you say that? Uh, I'm sorry. I I'm, let, me, let me skip back to that part. Shataya, C H A T. Shataya's, yeah. Shataya's brothel, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, you know, she said that she could have um, half a year for the baby, and she's hoping that you know he's he's going to come back. Um, so, you know, you'll tell him that I'm waiting, won't you? So, again, she's kind of waiting. She doesn't want any jewels. She just wants, you know, Robert's love, which is crazy. This is, again, like a young, innocent girl that doesn't quite understand uh, what's happening. And I think they're all trying to just let her um, continue on in this fantasy for a little while. But they're giving her some time until then, uh, you know, so she can take care of the babe. And, and like, you know, one of the things is that this is Robert's, you know, bastard. So, right. They have to kind of take care of this baby, and they can't really just force her right back into um, the brothel because they need her to produce milk and, you know, um, still be kind of um, in good spirits. You know what I mean? Like, like she needs to take care of this baby. So they're kind of allowing her, I think, to live this fantasy out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just my thought, anyways. Um, so doesn't hold on a second here. Doesn't Ned Stark think about John? Where is that at? I'm trying to find. Oh, here it is. Um, yeah. Okay. yeah, right here. Okay, so so this is a big R plus L equals J chapter. A lot of people have this. Okay, so um, so John, uh, right here. Okay, so just give me one second here. So when Ned is looking at the at the at the at, at the baby, um, she had smiled then a smile so tremulous and sweet that it cut the heart out of him. Riding through that rainy night, Ned saw Jon Snow's face in front of him. So like. A younger version of his own. If the gods frowned so much on bastards, he thought dully, then why did they fill men with such lusts? So people look at that because just before that, he was thinking about Liana, and then he was thinking, I wonder if, uh, or I have it here, um, like, I wonder if Rhaegar Targaryen ever visited brothels. I, I think, I think, you know, not so much. Well, he thinks about that afterwards. So, yeah. like, and, and like a line almost immediately afterwards. So people say, why is Ned thinking of Lyanna and John and Rhaegar all around the exact same time? Yep. Yeah, that's this a, is, that's that's a that's a that's a that's this is a big R plus L equals J chapter. Man, what the heck? You know, <laughs> I just <laughs> like right. What yeah, the- so right, yeah. So right here. So yeah. So he has. So that he has that right. The and yeah. Here's the line. Um, there was no answer to Ed Sark for give a frown. For the first time in years, he found himself remembering Rhaegar Targaryen. He wondered if Rhaegar had frequented brothels. Somehow he thought not. And then before that, he was think. You know, is the line Ned saw Jon Snow's face in front of him. So, and then before that, he's remember he's talking about Lyanna, right? About. Um, you know, like Robert or Robert Baratheon would, you know, never, never really been true to Lyanna. So he has yeah. those three. Th- those three things are all in the same chapter. They're just, you know, spread out a little bit. But you get to see a lot of his thought process in here. And so why is it that he's thinking about Lyanna and then he's thinking about John and then he's thinking about Rhaegar all around the exact same time? Yeah. 
Right. Um, gosh, dude, I don't know, man. That's just tough. Like, you know, thinking about. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I'm really trying to because now I'm trying to to, to rationalize how. Right. I know there's a lot of good reasons why we say that that John could be he and Ashara Dane's, you know, right. child. But it's like, maybe R plus L, R plus L equals J. I still feel like is 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 the, is the truest thing. Unless Gur is leading us down a path of like deception, right? Yeah, because because what I'm saying is that easily you you could you when you're when we're um with this thought process and stuff, right? We're led to kind of believe R plus L equals J. Got it, you know, but. It also could be simply that, like, he's thinking about, like, because Liana has made comments and, and has made commentary on Robert's nature and his, you know, um, bastards and things like that. So, right. So there's there's that connection too, where she's talking about, you know, all of his, you know, um, offspring and whatnot, and just his heart and nature. And then it switches to, yeah, he thinks about Rhaegar, wondering if he ever visit. I don't know, man. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Why yeah. would he do that? You know. I know. It's Why would he switch just, all of a sudden? Right. It's just interesting. So. Well, we'll anyway, think, I got I got to think yeah. about it more. So we'll we'll yeah. Yeah, let us know. We were sure you guys will bring it up in the group, but yeah. So. We can, yeah. Let's get back to the nip. All right. Let's. Yeah. Let's get get back to the nip here now. So they leave the brothel. Right. I mean, they yeah. they 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 leave the brothel and then I'm almost like immediately here mm-hmm. comes some land. Here come Lannister men. Yep. Which is kind of the same way it happens in the show, except here it's at night and there it's in and then there it's in the day. And then, of course, uh, we'll get to it here is that Ned Stark and and Jamie do not fight in, in the book. Right. They fight. They totally fight in the show. It's it's quite different how it happens. Right. I mean, it's still kind of the same outcome. They just do it kind of differently. And again, I think that just has to go back to what we talked before. Um, they need to build Jamie, Jamie's yeah. character. Right. Because Jamie is like this is the second time we've like this is like the second time we've actually heard him say anything. We're 30. We're 35 chapters in. And this is the second time we actually hear Jamie Lannister say something mm-hmm. pretty much um, wow. like. Yeah. So again, the show the show does some different things. Like, there's tons of scenes in the in the show where Jamie like those never happen in the books. Like where Jamie talks to John about joining the Night's Watch. Where Jamie talks to um, Ned in in the throne room. Um, you know, like him with Tyrion, and you got to see he's actually kind of a cool brother. Um, all that stuff is in the show because the show came out when the books had been out, and we had already gotten to the point to where Jamie becomes a good guy. So mm-hmm. if you were just reading the books, you would be like, God, oh, this Jamie Lannister guy is a dick. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, which is cool because that's the character that Gurr wanted him to be at that time. So and he still kind of is in the books um, until really kind of gets his, his you know hand cut off and that starts his arc changing. But yeah, mm-hmm. so this is really it's interesting though. this is the second time you don't really get a lot of Jamie in in the books. Yeah. Until he become until he becomes a POV character. Right, right, yeah. And this is still a really cool scene, though. I mean, like you know, mm-hmm. uh, j- just in how like Jory is kind of, you know, they're sounding the alarm, right? They're 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 all pulling their swords out and they're talking, you know, um, t- telling the Lannister men to make way or die, right? And the right, um, you know, and, and even Littlefinger tries to take his, his his horse forward and you know says to let us pass. We're expected at the back of the castle. What do you think you're doing? And uh, Ned just says calmly, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things like, 
He knows what he's doing. And uh, he, and he says, uh, it would seem he has met some trouble. Uh, oh, sorry, wait. No, this, this, let me go back. So he knows what he's doing. And then um, Jamie Lannister says, quite true. I'm looking for my brother. You remember my brother, don't you, Lord Stark? He was with us at Winterfell. Fair-haired, mismatched eyes, sharp of tongue, a short man. And Ned says, I remember him well. And Jamie says, it would seem he has met some trouble on the road. My lord father is quite vexed. You would be, uh, you would not perchance have any notion of who might have wished my brother ill, would you? And this is the crazy part, is that like, uh, you know, rumor has got back from, from the end of the crossroads there, back to Tywin, and they've said that that Lady Stark has taken your son, you know, so that's what they know. That's what they've heard anyways. And then Ned right. just goes ahead and confirms it here. He could say, yeah. he could say, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know what I mean? He could try right. to. Yeah, it's like, it, and be like, like, well, like, I don't know, get word, like, proof, give, give it proof. But Ned Stark's like, nah, yeah. No, he's yeah, exactly. Your he's brother like, yeah, has been did. taken at my command Deal with it. to answer for his well, crimes, does, Ned but. said. <laughs> Lingo, Littlefinger groaned in dismay. My lords, he's like, he knows that this is not. That is not the right way. You can't. That's not how you play the Game of Thrones. You know. It's but that's Ned Stark, and that's why we like him so much. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. But um, so then, Sir Jamie ripped his longsword from his sheath and urged his stallion forward. Show me your steel, Lord Eddard. Um, I'll butcher you like Ares if I must. But I'd sooner you die with a blade in your in your in your hand. Uh, he gave Littlefinger a cool, contemptuous glance. Lord Baelish, I'd leave mm-hmm. here in some haste. Uh, if I did not care to get bloodstains on my costly clothing. Yeah. So it's just like he's he's ready to kill him, though. He's ready to fight him, actually. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and he basically goes on here to uh, Ned's men had drawn their swords, uh, but they were three against 20. That's crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Eyes watched from nearby windows and doors, but no one was about to intervene. His party was mounted. The Lannister men on... Um, on foot, save for Jim, for Jamie himself, uh, a charge might win them, might win them free. But it seemed to Eddard Stark, they had a sure, safer tactic. Kill me, he warned the Kingslayer, and Catelyn will most likely slay Tyrion. So there's that. You know, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and kill me. Yeah. And then my wife is going to kill your brother. That's a sure way to mm-hmm. for for your brother to die. Uh, Jamie poked at Ned's chest with the gilded sword, and he says, well, "Would she?" The noble Catelyn Tully of River Run, murder a hostage. I think not. But I'm willing, but I'm not willing to chance my brother's life on a woman's honor. Uh, so I suppose I'll let you run back to Robert to tell him how I frightened you. I wonder if he'll care. Wow, that's a good that's a good point. You know, would he care? <laughs> I think Jamie mm-hmm. kind of knows that like uh Robert's not really one to he's gonna he lets the Lannisters do what they want, right? Essentially, yeah. He, he lets them. He lets them kind of walk all over him, right? And then he turns to one of his men, and says, "You know, um, that see that no harm comes to Lord Stark, uh, as right. you say, my lord." And still, uh, so then they kind of his men move in, and uh, we wouldn't want him to leave here entirely un, you know, unharmed. So uh, through right. the night and the rain, he glimpsed the white of Jamie's smile. Kill his men, you know. And then mm-hmm. Ned's like, "No!" And uh, next thing you know. The fight goes on, and uh, it's just nuts, man. It's yeah, they, they kill him. Yeah, it's a, yeah, they they kill they kill Jory. They yeah, kill he's he's yeah he's gone. They kill Jory, and then uh, the horse kind of Ned's horse kind of falls over and breaks his leg, and that's and that's kind of it. 
Yeah. Um, well, he he says he wakes up and he hears Picel treating him, which is like, oh god. Yeah. Like he's lucky. He's lucky to make it out of that alive. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he milk the poppy for your pain. He says, boil the boil the wine. Um, and that's the last thing. That's the last thing he knows. But uh, real quick, you you'd said um you know about Robert and and siding with the Lannisters. I will say this: of all the Lannisters, it's a shame we don't actually get any interaction between these two. But mm-hmm. of all the Lannisters, you would have I would have to imagine that Robert is probably fond of Tyrion. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Tyrion would be like his drinking buddy and his whoring buddy. I mean, you know, Robert's just kind of that big like you know, goofy oaf, like, you know, he's, you know, like he just likes to party. So he and Tyrion are probably actually pretty close. I would have to, I mean, it's certainly well, far more than he would be with Jamie and, you know, Cersei. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, this is crazy. That whole paragraph too. I'm just looking at again, you know, with, with Hayward and, and Jory and, um, you know, the way in which they're being killed, man, it's just terrible. It's like, Jory's not he's he's kind of a boss. I mean, he's he gets free mm-hmm. a couple times and comes in there, Ned goes over and kind of like as they're on Hayward, he tries to like you know, he swings down at his at the captain and like catches him in uh his breastplate and his helm too, and it's just like ugh. Mm-hmm. Crazy. But then yeah, he falls and you know, breaks his leg, so and that's pretty that's pretty much it. Yeah. He wakes up with Pycel doing his thing. It just it sucks because I really like Jory, you know. I know. So. Well, and he's and Jory's Jory is it's. I mean, this is at this time. This is where things are really starting to look bad for the Starks, right? I mean, yeah, it's like okay, like Ned quit now. Ned is injured. Like Jory just died. Okay, like things are not looking so good mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yep. Not good. Not good, friend. So. I don't know. That's uh, that's pretty straightforward. Just a little some mm-hmm. connections to you know Robert's bastards. R plus L equals J. You know and yeah. uh, and, and and the turmoil. Yeah, I mean no, I mean just pretty much confirming R plus L equals J. I mean no big deal. It, you know. Confirmed. Yeah, confirmed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Um, all right. Well, guys, uh, just go ahead and remind people to send us a raven. Hit us up on you know the the Facebook group. You can send us uh, at btkcast at gmail.com. Um, but I think, Sir Ezra, that's pretty much our show today because we kind of already did our Raven with the, yep. with, with the big bigger breakdown of, of Fire and Blood previews. So. Yeah, real quick, if you're looking for more, though, we always have stuff on patreon.com forward slash bend the knee. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd uh, actually... Episodes. Yeah, actually, with Fire and Blood coming out, that Sons of the Dragon, we had done a Black Council uh, big breakdown of that. That was like four episodes or something. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, it was pretty lengthy breakdown. Yeah, it was fun. And we have more of those coming. We're um, here in the next couple of weeks. We'll be doing uh, the second part of the Duncan Egg series, The Sworn Sword. Um, and we're almost finishing up. We're almost finishing up here with. Of ice and fire, and we have uh, fire and blood coming out like next, like less. I think about a month from now. Yeah, or less than a month from now. So, yep. Stay, stay tuned for that. So, all right, guys. Well, it's time for us to sign off. We want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter Thirty Six, Daenerys Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. 
We'll see you in a week. And remember, fire and fire.